I'm smarter than the devil. I'm smarter than the devil. You are not smarter than me. I'll see you in hell yet, Homer Simpson. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where I will talk to almost anyone that likes The Simpsons with within reason. You know what I mean. I hope everybody's having an awesome October. I hope you're really in the Halloween spirit. I hope you're watching lots of Treehouse of Horror, because what else would you do during October? As always, I'm your host, Warren better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, if you could just go treat me, (laughs) see what I did there, and go check out my Instagram, I'm confident that you will not be disappointed. This week on the show, I'm joined by Colin Young of the band God's Hate. You might also know him from Twitching Tongues, Eyes of the Lord, or a ton of other bands, but he joins me today to talk about music, TV, but uh, what's the other thing? Um, Oh yeah, The Simpsons. We talk a lot about The Simpsons. We also get into how he found The Simpsons through his brother, and we play another round of the synopsis game. Episode 46. Let's go. just ask you a warm-up question colin before we actually get into the actual podcast and i would like to know uh before we get started are you familiar with the song by swizz beats ja rule and metallica called we did it again i'm not (laughs) you're not familiar with that song no how does it go well allow me to read you a passage all right these are some of the lyrics that i consider just pure poetry okay just when you thought it was over Just when you thought we were done, just when you thought it was safe now, we did it, did it again. Who loves a little rock and roll mixed with a little bit of hip hop soul? We do. Come one on a rock steady, keep you rocking, get ready and say we did it. We did it again. Believe in the air you breathing. I'm a mad work freak with a freaky weekend. No matter what you spend, cause you're just living it up. Ah, damn. If we don't do it again, there's no way. So how does that make you feel, Colin? You said you said Swizz Beats, Metallica, and Ja Rule, and Ja Rule. So you know, I'm gonna just say that you need to look up this song. But not only that, you need to look up the studio footage of this song being written because this was on an album Swizz Beats did that was called like Ghetto Stories, and I guess it was just a ton of guest you know guest spots on the record, whatever. Uh-huh. And he went in and got unused riffs from saint anger oh no and the funny thing is when i first was shown this song shout out to my friend daily he showed me this song and uh, he's like dude you gotta hear this. this is one of the worst songs ever it's from like 2002 and somehow i'd never heard it um and when i heard it my immediate thought was yo this sounds these lyrics sound first draft like these sound like the placeholder lyrics that he wrote down you know just to until he figured it out and when you go watch the studio footage of the first time Swizz Beats ever heard the riffs, he literally makes up that chorus on the spot and never changes it. I, I feel like I'm fever dreaming right now, and you're lying to me. So I, I can say confidently, Colin, this video of the studio footage, I'll just send it to you after this. One of the funniest things you'll ever see, and this song will absolutely blow your mind, because not only not only are those lyrics in it, but they use a clip from James Hetfield that was also from some other St. Anger song that has nothing to do with the other lyrics. And it's just him saying like, never more your whipping boy or some other shit. It is the most confused song in history. So I'm going to encourage you to check it out. What is it called again? It's called, we did it again. We did it again. Yeah. That makes no sense. Just when you thought it was over, man, we did. Yeah. What did they do? What is the it? What are you doing? Writing bullshit? Apparently you're mixing a little rock and roll with a little bit of hip hop song. Oh, so they're talking about uh, an anthrax 
public enemy type thing. Like they did that again. I, I fucking guess so. But that's the thing. I don't even think they know. So yeah, I'm going to encourage you and anyone uh, listening. If I leave this in, go listen to that song. It will blow your mind and you can send so, all the hate mail to my email. Unfortunately, they did it again. They, yeah, they did it again. Is, is what they're trying to say. Yeah, just when you thought it was over, they did it, did it again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> as you should be. Uh, well, Colin, yo, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast, man. It's going to be awesome to talk to you about Simpsons, about music, about all that shit. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about it. How are you doing today? Thank, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing all right. I broke my hand. So that, you know, that's fucking sick. But other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, look at listen to the dedication from Colin Young because not only did he, you know, break his hand today <laughs> moments ago. No, it he, was no, it was it was two days ago. To be fair. Oh, okay. I was, well, I was I you know I had to rewrap my splint before I get uh, a a permanent cast tomorrow. Not permanent, but a cast tomorrow. And I just wasn't quite ready, but you know, here we are. We're good to go. <laughs> we're we're here now. Well, everyone listening, just pretend that he just broke it and still refused to miss the podcast. (laughs) Just now. (laughs) He refused to miss the episode. Well, uh, so the way I, the way I start them, you know, in general, outside of breaking your hand, uh, just Mm -hmm. in life, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, I feel like it's a, it's an odd time for everybody. So nobody's, nobody's doing great. No, you know, I would think, but, uh, I'm doing about as well as I can do, which is pretty great. I mean, that's all we can hope for, man. I mean, I, I say this exactly. to every guest, you know, uh, things have been so fucking weird uh, for the last basically two years at this point that as long as you're, you know, as long as not everything is terrible, then you're, yeah, you're doing yeah. okay. You, you know, as long as you can find some good, you know? Exactly. No, I've, I'm finding it. And, you know, who who can't find it uh, in The Simpsons? Ah, see, look at that. That's a perfect, a perfect point to make at the beginning. Well, so... For anyone that's not familiar with Colin, uh, he's been in a ton of bands that I like, uh, Twitching Tongues, Eyes of the Lord, Ruckus, God's Hate. Uh, so before we actually talk Simpsons, uh, I want to ask you a couple of music questions, Colin. And what I want to know is, when did you know that music was something that you really wanted to do? Oh, geez. Um, I was probably 14 years old. Uh, I, was, I had zero musical inclination whatsoever. Uh, but my brother was a, was a drummer and played in some bands and he was the only drummer I had ever seen. I didn't really, I liked, I've liked music. You know, I, I got into hardcore and metal very young, but the idea it was like, to me, it was like, that's, that's Taylor's thing. I don't need to make music. That's not me. <laughs> uh, and then I just sat down on the drum kit one day and I liked hitting the China symbol so much that I was like, maybe I should play drum. Like I liked the way I was so inspired by the sound of the China symbol that I started playing drums that day. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be, I mean, you know, as a drummer myself, uh, I I think the China symbol holds a special place for all drummers. So that's, I I respect it. It is, it is, uh, it's the one and you know, not everybody (laughs) uses one and I respect that, but it's just such a magical thing. It, It has so many uses, uh, and all it takes is you hit it one time and everybody knows what's up. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's 100% true. The China, oh, okay. you know, you're not, you're not using it too casually. Uh, you're using it at just the right moment and almost just the right moment. Yeah. You got to use it sparingly so that it's, it's like, Oh, he did it. You know, <laughs> every single time. <laughs> but, uh, I, I would say I was probably 16 when it was like, I, I think this is like the thing I'm going to dedicate my life to for better or worse, you know, cause with, with hardcore, it's like, you can't look at it as like, I'm going to make so much money doing this. Cause <laughs> like, it's more like, it's not about the money dad <laughs> with when you're playing hardcore music, which later it was like, ah, oh, shit, I should have done something that was uh, about the money maybe. But then, you know, your passion gets sucked out of it. So right. pa- the, I knew it was my passion at, at probably 16 and it's been that way for close to 15 years. Now I turned 30 in about two weeks. And that yeah. is really scary. Um, it, as someone who had to deal with that a couple of years ago, it is a little scary, but you, you'll be all right. I'm not enjoying the idea of it, but yeah, I, I've accepted it. It's like the, the seven <laughs> stages of grief or five stages of grief. I'm, I'm at acceptance. <laughs> Maybe that'll I, change on the day. Yeah, no, I, I believe in you, Colin. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, you know, we talk about time, uh, especially over the last couple of years. But, you know, I, I vividly remember the Twitching Tongues demo 
coming out and being, you know, all over the message boards and stuff. So it is weird to think that that was literally almost 12 years ago. You were there, man. It was, yeah, it was, uh, 11 years ago, 11 and a half. It was March, 2010 that we put it out, but we wrote it in like November, 2009. And which was like two months after my 18th birthday. Insane. Yeah. Where does the fucking time It's been a big part of my life. Where does it go, man? (laughs) Yeah, no, I want to, I want to encourage anyone, you know, any of the bands I mentioned, uh, especially God's Hate, which we're going to talk about a little bit in a minute. Uh, one of my favorite records of the year easily. Uh, so yeah, that's, that goes without saying, but aside from, you know, your own musical projects, one thing I like to ask people when, you know, people from bands that come on, uh, you know, what are you listening to and watching lately, Colin? Uh, I really like the ingrown LP. I highly suggest anybody to check that out. Um, from Boise, Idaho. It's like kind of fast three piece band that is like super hard too. So anybody it's, it fill, kind of fills the nails void for, oh, nice. for um, some people. Um, I like 200 stab wounds a lot. Uh, never ending games, obviously amazing. Uh, I've been, a, I've been in like a Kate Bush phase for like two years. So I'll probably be there for another two years. The age of apocalypse LP, which comes out in a couple months is amazing. So I think that's going to be massive. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, watching. What have I been watching? I started Mad Men recently. <laughs> it's pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. I, I wasn't sure if I was really going to like it. because I knew it was like pure dialogue, but it's done in a kind of... It was like one of the, the producers of The Sopranos. Right. And it feels not like in the plot, not plot wise, but like the way it looks and the way the story progresses. It's the closest thing to to the Sopranos that I think exists. Yeah. Some, for some reason I've never watched Mad Men. Like I've always been familiar like with what it is and I've always, you know, seen people talk about it for some reason it's completely missed me and I've never watched it, but I'm a huge Sopranos fan. So I definitely need to check it out. So as a huge Sopranos fan, don't go into it thinking you're watching like the Sopranos too. But like in in the in tone and and in story progression, it is truly like remarkably the 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 next kind of closest thing. And it really only took the pilot for me to to be hooked. No, nah, that's awesome. That that's sick. I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, one thing that I've been watching that I want to recommend to you and everyone listening uh, is Reservation Dogs, uh, the new Taika Waititi show. I'm a, I am a Taika Mark, so that's that's been on my list. I just, oh man. That's that's something my my wife wants to watch with me, and her work schedule is insane. So it's like that's got to be like a very specific thirty minute window when she is <laughs> home type thing. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's like number one on my must watch list. The other thing being what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, the funniest show on TV to me, possibly. Super funny. Yeah, no one will be disappointed in Reservation Dogs. I promise you. First episode is not as funny because you're sort of trying to understand the characters, but after that, it is so fucking hilarious. Uh, so definitely reservation dogs, everybody watch that. Um, all right, Colin. So let's, let's talk a little more music, uh, as far as you and your journey, what is the first thing you ever remember recording? Like, even if it wasn't for an actual demo, when is the first time you sat down and recorded some music? I sang for a band in, uh, my freshman year of high school called buried in silence. So I was actually not, I, I, this was before I played drums too. So I, I guess I got that kind of timeline wrong a little bit. It was, it's like a metal, it was like a metal chord type kind of as I lay dying type vibe who I was, I joined the band. So I wasn't like a big as I lay dying guy, admittedly. I was just kind of doing what I was told. And that, <laughs> that was really it. It was like, okay, I guess I could sing in a band and then started playing drums. And I was like, ah, I don't want to. So that, that didn't happen until way later. So buried, buried in silence. Uh, Is there anything online that exists for that? Not a, not a single thing. (laughs) You know what? I might be wrong. Let me check. uh, I feel like there might be a Vimeo video. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you need to put that online. Um, Which would be unfortunate. So I'm hoping (laughs) that I'm wrong. Yes. Buried in silence live. I recently listened to your interview with Ace over on Forum of Passion. I want to recommend everybody check out that podcast. Uh, and Colin's episode specifically is very good. Uh, and I noticed you talked about that just a little bit. And uh, that was one thing I walked away from that curious. Like, if, if, if there is something of that, it would be interesting to hear it now, I'm sure. Oh, my God. I would hate that. I feel there's <laughs> there's definitely a recording somewhere. I'll have to ask the guy I was in the band with, Brandon. Um, 
But no, the video is not on Vimeo anymore. Thank fucking God. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything I did before the year, like 2006, just doesn't exist. It's, it's just long, it's gone long gone. Yeah, and even some of that stuff, uh, I'm not confident it exists either. I have to, I have to make sure. But that's how it goes. You know, you, you have to find your path to music somehow. And Colin eventually yeah. did that. So, so I'm glad Colin was in Buried in Silence because now, <laughs> you know, moving on to the current day, uh, among his other projects, like I said, the new God's Hate record, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite records of the year. Easily, I've listened to it a ton. Thanks, man. Uh, what is this, you know, where does this one rank for you in your personal Colin Young discography? It's probably like tied for first within Love There Is No Law, just because just i i've never personally put as much work into anything as i did in this one uh the god's hate record meaning uh yeah. like that was that was my baby for years and years and years and i i still can't kind of believe that it's out because it was just like it existed only in my head for so long so it's a it's a huge relief that it's out there and that and that people like it because it was kind of just like like I worked so hard, it was like, all right, if this isn't like the one in some way, like if this, if nobody, if people don't like this, I don't, I don't know that I can, I can do this again. <laughs> and, and, and it's, the response was really good. So oh, that, yeah. that was, that felt good. Absolutely. What, what would you say? I mean, obviously other people were involved in, in the project like Taylor, oh, uh, of course. but, but what, you know, what is the hardest part, you know, when you're, you know, you're saying you're doing the majority of the writing on this record, what is the hardest part about just sort of figuring that out? Like when you're, you know, you're writing the riffs, you're figuring out drums, you're doing all these different things. What's the mm -hmm. hardest part of that for you? Um, starting songs is very difficult for me. Every song is kind of different. And like, I know that you can, that's hard to tell just listening to it kind of peripherally. Sure. But I had a specific goal for every song. Like, okay, what do I want this to say? What do I want this to do musically? So finding that every time is kind of the, is the, the rough place to start. And then like now, like trying to, I've been trying to write new stuff already just kind of to get a head start. And it's so difficult for me right now. I'm just, I'm having a tough time, but um, just kind of like telling a different story musically that I haven't already done. That's the hardest part. And with Twitching Tongues, it's a little easier because you can write a melodic song that sounds like another melodic song and it's not a huge problem. <laughs> but like, I feel like riffs are, they're all gone. They, they've been used. So like writing a new original mosh part is like so fucking hard to do rather oh. than just writing like a catchy chorus. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I also, you know, while you mentioned twitching tongues, I do just want to formally state uh, on this episode of the podcast. And I want to remind everyone, we're going to talk about the Simpsons, I promise, but I want to formally yeah, state, yeah. I do want to formally state that disharmony, uh, I like, so, uh, any, my, you know, I, I, heard, <laughs> I heard a lot of the conversation about disharmony on form of passion. And I just want to say that I'm in the, uh, I'm in the like column on that record. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I am too. I, I always have been, but I've, I've grown to understand why it, it you know, it might've turned some people off. But I, I I feel like time will be kind to it. Oh, uh, I mean, tonally, it's it's pretty different from, you know, In Love There Is No Law and even Sleep Therapy. But I think, you know, anyone uh, that's listening to this for the music chat, go go back and re-listen to Disharmony. Because I, I, I promise you, uh, even my opinions on it now from a couple of years ago are drastically different. Uh, and I think most people wow, feel that way. I liked it originally, but I like it even more now. So there you that go. Is, that, that's nice to hear. Yeah, so I just want to pay you that compliment. And I also want to remind everyone, God's Hate, self-titled. Honestly, all the God's Hate stuff, but this this LP uh, is just insane. And if you didn't see the shorts that God's Hate made with that artwork <laughs> on them, I'm going to encourage everyone to go look at those, although they're probably sold out again. So there you go. Yeah, they're gone. They're long gone. <laughs> long. So you'll, long you'll only be hurting gone. yourself if you're, if you're looking at the shorts. <laughs> Nah, but I, you got to go look at the shorts. So everybody do it. So, all right. So I guess now we will move into the Simpsons as this is a Simpsons podcast. Uh, and I honestly, you know, when I hit up Colin, I actually was sort of just saying like, Hey man, what's up? It's been a long time. Who do you know? That's a huge Simpsons fan because I really like, you know, interviewing people from bands and sort of learning about their, you know, 
what they like outside of music and what the Simpsons has as far as influence on them and all of that. And Colin goes, Oh, you know, I'm a huge Simpsons guy. Let's talk Simpsons. So mm-hmm. it sort of just worked itself out. Uh, so the, the first thing that I ask people when it comes to the Simpsons is when did you start watching it? And if you don't remember that, what is your earliest memory of the show? So I was seven or eight years old and my, uh, our oldest brother, Aaron was writing a Simpsons spec script. Oh my God. So my first introduction to the Simpsons was, uh, and you know, it didn't get sold. He didn't, he didn't get it, but it was really good. And I remember thinking like, I should probably watch this show because this is really funny. And he was, he was attempting to write. I I knew I was going to talk to you about this. He was trying to write a Treehouse of horror, Mm. which was an insane idea since like, they're they're gonna have greg daniels and and conan write those you know it's like they're not they're not giving that to this guy for his his first episode wow um but essentially the plot was a government lab doing like whole incredible hulk type experiments on homer whoa and and him like hulking out and then marge coming in and being like like oh homer are you hulking out again like just give him some beer he does this all the time (laughs) (laughs) and like it had nothing to do with the experiments wow which i thought like even that like as a young kid i was like that's that sounds funny man so i so i started by watching like a treehouse of horror compilation vhs that might not have been licensed it might have been it might have been fan made that's quite possible. So Treehouse of Horror 5, very, on, very early on, was like my favorite TV episode of like anything with the shinning and uh, toaster time machine. Oh, man. Five is one of the best. It's, it's God tier. I feel like that, like that episode is like, was like Greg Daniels. That's his epitaph. And I feel like that episode being that good is why The Office exists. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, and I love hearing one. that. And I'm curious, did your brother, did he go on to write for anything else? Was that, was that something he so, was an industry he was in? He, he tried for a long time and like he wrote some really good scripts and got really close, but it just, it just never really happened, man. And now he's like tech guy and like, it's kind of starting to pop off for him in tech world. And he's like, might get some crazy invention sold. So that's wow. pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it all started for him fresh out of college as trying to write a Simpsons spec script. That's so wild. You know, I've had, you know, a lot of writers on the show, uh, some classic writers, some newer writers, uh, some writers assistants on the podcast. And I, you know, I would, I would love to know, like if they just keep all those in an archive, I feel like Disney wouldn't even let them accept scripts at this point from, from, Randy yeah, people. I guarantee you can't, <laughs> you can't just cold send the Simpsons script. Cause how many people have written, have just done that, you know? Yeah. That's insane. But Hey, at, at the end of the day, uh, he wrote a fucking Simpsons episode. So regardless, he took that, he took that stab. Uh, and I would love, you know, again, I would love to know if they just keep those in an archive. If anyone from the Simpsons, which I know some of you listen to this, uh, dig that one up, uh, and find it. Cause that sounds yeah, like a great if idea. You, uh, if you, if you can find a, a spec script by a fellow named Aaron, Young, then, uh, we'd, we'd love to read it live on the, on the podcast. <laughs> 100%. I mean, you know, look at Judd Apatow. He wrote, he did a spec script in the nineties that they didn't make until about 10 years ago. So you never know. Wow. Never, they made that episode. They did. He wrote it. Wow. He wrote it like in the nineties, uh, before he wrote for the critic, I believe. And before he was anyone and, uh, they ended up making it, you know, they made some changes to it. They updated it. They sort of rewrote it, but his premise, uh, they made in season 26. So, uh, <laughs> hey. I, I see that whenever I'm like scrolling on Disney plus and I just see the season count, I just, I'm in awe. Uh, and they're at least going to 34. They're renewed through 34. So we'll see what happens after that. What's the update with, uh, with Apu? So, uh, Matt Groening says that Apu is not gone. I think if they bring him back, uh, they will, uh, find someone else to voice him. And I'm all for that. I am. I am as well. I, I think they will. I think we'll see him again. He's a top 10 character on the show. Easily. Um, so I would be devastated to, to lose him forever, even though I haven't been up to date uh you know hank azaria legend god one of the best ever. so respect to him forever you know he uh he did such an incredible job but i you know fully understand the decision there yeah and i and i i really respect hank's uh take on it and i hope that they uh you know i would much rather see because they have brought in a couple of other voices recently uh for characters of color mm-hmm. and uh, i would love to see apu 
um, you know, have have some more life in the next couple of seasons. So I'm, I'm really hoping that they do that. According to Matt Groening, they they are. So I guess we will see. That's what he has said. In very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Um, so earliest memory was your brother writing a spec script and then you started diving in uh, to the show a little more. Uh, was it sort of an instant connection for you? Big time. You know, I felt like I was Bart. <laughs> it was like, I, I felt such a, such a kinship with Bart. It was, I was, I was like the same age as him. Um, in my mind, it was like, we're the same, you know, we like all the same things. We tear shit up. We just cause <laughs> trouble. And then, you know, over time you kind of realize like it, and when you're a kid, Bart is the main character. I feel like for sure. And then you grow up and you realize that Homer is like, uh, creatively like Homer is so fucking ahead of his time. Just in, in like the entire world of entertainment. For sure. Just like, think about TV characters. I feel like it's like Tony Soprano, Homer Simpson, <laughs> whatever fucking Dick Van Dyke. Uh, is, he, is he named Dick Van Dyke on the show? <laughs> yes, yeah, he is. Dick Van Dyke, Lucille Ball, uh, to me, Michael Scott. And that's, sure. that's the, uh, that's the, that's Mount Rushmore. You know, Homer, also, Homer is Mount Rushmore. Homer is, and you know, most of that, you know, credit to the writers, but also credit to Dan Castellaneta, because I just feel like he really figured out something special with that character. And, you know, people say like, oh, he was influenced by, you know, Fred Flintstone or, you know, all these other like composite characters, but there is something. And how good is it when they, when they reference that? Of course, Homer Homer singing a Flintstone song, <laughs> so uh, good. like that, and it just makes it hit harder. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, I think Dan figured it out. They all did, but Dan figured it out in such a way that they, I would say, they accidentally sort of focused it around him more and more because that character just got so big. I mean, Bart is a shitty little kid. There's only so mm-hmm. much you can do with him, but Homer is literally like a you know he's a rubber band. You can do anything with Homer. He's the biggest idiot in the end of all time and the most accidentally brilliant fictional character to ever exist. Oh yeah. And like canonically, it's so amazing to go back and like watch all, all the things that Homer's done. And then Frank Grimes seeing it through like a realistic eye is just so, it's so impactful. And like that, that episode is the top 10, top 20 (laughs) because he's, he's the first person to be aware of like, how insane it is that Homer has done all these things. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, that the fans perspective of what the Simpsons actually have, you know, I said this in a recent episode, but he calls their house a mansion. You know, he just can't fathom that Homer has this great job (laughs) to the point that even at his funeral, Homer just falls asleep and says, ah, change the channel, Marge. You know, it's just, it's brilliant. And it's something, you know, that's another testament to Homer's character, but also it's a testament to the self-awareness of the writers on the show. Absolutely. And it, 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 like, that was such a brilliant idea of like them stopping to be like, you know what? Like Homer's done some pretty unbelievable things. We should probably <laughs> like talk about that and say how lucky he is. Else, like th- th- it's always referred to as a shithole by everybody else. Like it's the <laughs> shittiest part of town. And then old grimy is like, yeah, what the fuck this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a huge house. Well, you know, it's yeah. also like, you know, you hear people say about the Simpsons, uh, that at a certain point, they just stopped really, you know, early on in the show, they didn't have a lot of money and they had, you know, they couldn't afford an air conditioner and all this sort of thing. But at sure. a certain point, they just realized it was funnier if Homer always had money. And I think that is also part of what makes people like Frank Grimes so angry. <laughs> it's true. But it's also great. Because <laughs> he's And they, they, they talk about how broke they are. And then like he's buying, like he can't afford the Mr. Plow truck. And then he gets like a big budget commercial made so good i was buying pornography i was at the pornography store uh (laughs) so so when it comes to you know i I heard uh i I know you like the simpsons obviously but are you into a lot of other animated shows did this sort of lead you on a path uh to liking stuff like the simpsons or were you mostly a simpsons guy um so like yeah at the the time you know i i was into kids shows a lot of the time so like the nickelodeon cartoon network roster of that time was huge for me. So in terms of like adult animation, Simpsons was kind of the only world I dove into. But other than that, like I loved, you know, Doug and 
anything from that era, all real monsters, Ren and Stimpy. Absolutely. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't see a difference in, in content between the two until I was much older. Well, tell me this, uh, how would, you know, how would you describe that? So let's say you met somebody that had never seen the Simpsons, uh, and you were trying to sell them on it. How would you describe the Simpsons to them? Uh, it's the source of everything you've ever thought was funny. Like Simpsons, Simpsons and Seinfeld, like any reference you can think of, they are the fucking biological fathers. That's perfect. Like all of your favorite writers, all of the people that you think the funniest people in the world think that Simpsons is the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I always say that the Simpsons DNA is, is in everything, but it's not only everything. because of the humor. I mean, you know, like Colin saying, so many people went on to do other stuff. I mean, you know, some of the best animators to ever work on the Simpsons, like Wes Archer went on to do King of the Hill. Then they went on to do Bob's burgers and they went on to do Rick and Morty. So, you know, it's not only like in the writing that it went other places, but just artistically, it just spans across everything. So, you know, that is something that's so interesting. Yeah. And the, the, the DNA of the Simpsons is still revolutionizing television. That's the reason that it's still on. You know, I know a lot of people, That's true. a lot of people don't, you know, actually love current seasons. I know Colin sort of said like, Oh, I'm not watching a lot of the newer ones. I do mm-hmm. always like to encourage people on this podcast to do that because while there are low points in the show, it's some pretty high points too. It actually does get a lot better. Uh, than people think. And could I, you make me pr- maybe privately and then, and then maybe share it publicly like a, like a top 10. Not only will I do that, but I'm glad you asked me because that's something that people have been asking me to do forever. And, uh, I keep saying I'm going to do it and I haven't done it. So Colin, you're going to just inspire me to do that. I'm going to make, All right, uh, let's go, let's go like top 15. I'll do like a 15 sure. uh, tier list of, sure. uh, of modern Simpsons that people should be watching. I, uh, I want it. I'm yeah, sure no, that's, people do too. They do. And also, uh, you know, I think it's a testament, you know, like we're saying what the Simpsons went on to do, but it's also, I think, I think people underestimate how hard it probably got for them to come up with new stories. <laughs> like, you know, you hear writers say that like, oh, they were, they thought every season was probably, you know, they're about to wrap it up. We're about to, you know, land the plane, totally. uh, so to speak. Uh, and then, you know, just never, they never got to do that. So, um, that is one reason that stories get kind of weird, but also, uh, some of the better stories, uh, possibly in the whole show. I know that sounds like blasphemy are in some of the later seasons because they took bigger risks. Um, and I'm not saying they're better episodes, but they're very interesting stories. So, uh, yeah, I'll get cracking on that list for not only Colin, but for do, yeah. listening. Yeah. I, I would love to, uh, to give it a shot. Cause that's just, it's something I never have. Yeah, and the current season, too, uh, 33 is about to start, but 32, one of the strongest in a long time. So, I mean, I think a good spot for a lot of people. Watch the the most recent season. It's actually, it will surprise you. Who's, how, who's how it writing it? Uh, so, a lot of the same people. I mean, you have uh, Al Jean is still there. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Reese still works there. Mike Scully still works there. So, a lot of classic writers. Uh, Jeff Martin has come back, and he did a, a couple scripts with his daughter. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, and a lot of a lot of younger, really funny people working on the show now too. So, uh, so cool. I think I think people would be surprised. Um, and and I get that that narrative has sort of started to shift more to the positive in the last couple of years. But I'm always trying to be encouraging. That's you know I say that in every episode, but that is one of the reasons that I even make this podcast is to say you know hey I agree those first. I'll say the first eight years are the best television ever made. First eight. Best television ever made. But that doesn't mean that there's not still great stuff after that. And, uh, you know, it, it would be impossible for them to have 33 seasons uh, where, you know, all but eight of them are bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. agree. And the Simpsons did it joke is, is, it was not just like a, there's a reason for that. They covered it all. They covered it all. The, the, they they can't make mob movies anymore because the Sopranos covered every topic. So true. And you can't do a Simpsons style thing because Simpsons has done everything you can think of. Every concept, but apparently they're still figuring shit out. They're so. still they're still finding stuff, you know. Uh and, and it's funny, you know, I feel like Sopranos has come up on this podcast a lot. So I will just say uh, I rewatched Sopranos over quarantine, uh, or over 2020, I should say, and it's still just top five. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's transcendent, man. It's, it's like, I feel like it changed dramatic TV. 
I was like, oh, we can use this as like a medium to make like memorable things that will last forever rather than churn out 28 episodes of something. It's nuts. And I will say, uh, you know, shout out to a friend of mine, Nick Diltz, uh, who just finished it and uh, literally started it over again immediately after finishing it. That is legendary. Yeah, just a straight double watch through. Wow. So much respect to Nick. I want to put that out there. Big time. So uh, whenever I have people on who come up in a music scene, uh, you know, I had my friend James Saboni on way early in the podcast. I've had, you know, a handful of musicians come on the show. Uh, mostly from the hardcore punk scene. Do you think the Simpsons strike a special place in people that came up in a scene like that? Or do you look back on it and see like maybe why it appealed to you? Like, is it sort of like a more subversive uh, thing for you or do you see no connection? That's a good question. I just, um, subcultures like that, like you get into hardcore because you're a fan of hardcore, you know, which means you're naturally inclined to give a shit about anything enough to enter a subculture. So I can see, you know, I mean, TV move entertainment in general was like the first thing I cared about. It was like, all right, all right I'm watching star Wars. Oh, this is my life now. <laughs> and then, and then eventually that happened with hardcore music. So I can, I can see that like, if you decide to devote your life to a genre of music, then Something as as just universally enjoyable as The Simpsons. Yeah, I can see. I can just see a connection in being that kind of person. It's an interesting thing, and the reason I the reason I've sort of noticed that connection is whether I was plugged into it at the time uh, as a kid watching The Simpsons. But there's a lot of like germs that I believe The Simpsons put in me. You know, definitely the first show I ever saw that questioned you know eating animals or questioned going to church or you know. I, Dude, I, that, I mean, that brings up my, my favorite episode of the Simpsons. Save it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Uh, but that's the thing is th- that is the fact that they were questioning things like that. And I was seeing it at such a young age. I think that led me to question things uh, in my own life. And I think that that is, you know, one way or another, I think that coincided with, you know, hardcore music and the other things that I was getting into, whether I realized the connection or not. So I always like to sort of, I like to put that in people's brain to think about, or I like to ask and see if they've already made that connection. I I never have. So I haven't thought of it like that. Now, now every time Colin watches the Simpsons, he's going to be like, holy shit, this has impacted me in a way I didn't even realize. Oh, this is why I like the chroma because (laughs) of uh, Lisa's first word. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, all right, let, let me ask you this, Colin. So we, you know, I don't know how emotional of a guy you are. I don't know if you're the kind of person uh, that, you know, tends to be a little more on the, on the crying scale when it comes to the media that you take in. I know that I am. Uh, Big time. It, is the Simpsons something that you just see as a funny animated show or do you get into the themes and the emotion of some of the stories? I mean, is that something that has, has made you love it? It's, I mean, that's a huge part of the show. And it's the thing that most people overlook is how the emotional episodes are sometimes the ones that hit the hardest. Sure. Um, and that's just a fucking Matt Granny thing in general. You look at Futurama and the, uh, what is it? Jurassic Bark episode. Oh yeah. You can, can you just think about an episode of television and start crying? Like Jesus. you can with that. I've, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, so everyone has heard me talk about, you know, Lisa's substitute and, and, you know, Mother Simpson and, and episodes like that. But if we're talking Futurama, last exit at the Springfield. Oh, come on, man. If we're ah, talking, if we're talking about Futurama, that is an episode that I almost get mad when I hear about, because I'm like, don't put me in a bad mood. Come on. Yeah, that episode is just crushing. No, I agree. I'm sorry that I brought it up, but like you, you asked, you know, um, but yeah, that it's absolutely. And uh, you can see that the, the writers went on like Greg Daniels is, a, is an emotional tormentor when he wants to be right. Uh, and yeah, Simpsons was so good at that. And and the, you look at like those episodes on like IMDB or something. And those are the ones with like 9.0, 9.2. Like when, when they go there, they go there hard. I mean, once in a while, you know, I get a take from someone that like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm into the Simpsons for the funny. I don't really care as much about the heart. And, uh, to those people, I, I just don't understand. So I'm always, yeah, that, that would not, that doesn't make sense to me. I always like to see who dials in. Yeah. I'm, I'm all the way dialed in. Man. I can't, I like, I cry during Marvel movies, you know, <laughs> Colin, I'm very easily gotten. Trust me. I, I am the same way. And I think you will also feel similar 
when you listen to We Did It Again by Swizz Beats, Ja Rule, and Metallica. I think that would definitely you think I'll hit cry? you. I think that'll hit you in, in the feelings for sure. They did it again. <laughs> so, you know, now, now that I know that, maybe it will. No one, no one listening has any idea how happy I am or how excited I am to hear Colin's take on that song after this episode. Um, so another thing that I like to ask people uh, when it comes to the Simpsons, and I don't know if you had, you know, some people had a large group of friends that liked the show. Some people did not. Some people didn't really discuss it outside of just watching it. But do you have any unpopular opinions about the show? Like, were, are there any characters that you just don't like, uh, episodes that other people like that you hate? Anything like that, Colin, that you can think of? I will say I tend to skip season one. <laughs> is that crazy? It's not crazy. I mean, season one is very dark and, and strange. And, uh, you know, I do love it. I think it's like a, it's a relic, but I also, it's not going to be the one that I put in. It's definitely not going to be the that's, one. I put that's in. how I feel. It's like I'm starting with season two generally when I rewatch it. And then, and then maybe if I'm like, I need more, I'll go back <laughs> and watch season one, but yeah. I generally skip it on my rewatch. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that that is something that I've heard from a lot of people. I will say, I think that is almost, I mean, obviously more of a visual thing, but I will say uh, the Christmas episode is something I watch a lot, but season one in general, uh, I don't, I don't tend to revisit often, although when I do, it is a treat. So maybe on your next rewatch, throw it in, but that is, uh, definitely something that it's weird to think that season one is so not skippable, but just, it's just not quite there. So it's, it's cool to, it's cool to research, but it's, it's not quite there. You know, in comedy that, that happens a lot of the time because they're, they're finding their footing, you know, they're figuring out their identity. Right. And it's, it's a natural thing. It's amazing. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's like not good, <laughs> but it's just not what, like I, I, I skip around two, three, four, five, six more than I watch anything else. Yeah. You know, I, so one of the things I do at the end of this, uh, which we'll get to later, but I do a thing called the big three, which are three questions. And I used to, one of them used to be favorite season, but I pulled that because so many people were giving me similar answers. Uh, but because you stay in the same sort of chunk of seasons that I do, I am curious if you had to just take one season, like if you had to go, you know, desert Island situation, what is the one season you think you put in more than any other? Four. Four. Without hesitation. Wow. Yeah. wow. Well. Not only do I think it's the best, it's it's the DVD box set I had first. <laughs> Back when they were $60 a pop. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, well, I can afford one, so I'm getting four. So I watched four till, till the discs burnt, essentially. Four is a, four is a, a great season. I will say that um, I'm actually, I'm not, I don't, I don't like dislike the answer of four, but I have so firmly... Uh, been a six person for so long, but recently, and by recently, I mean in the last two months, this might be the first time I've said this on the podcast. I've actually decided that seven is my actual favorite season, which I know is, is blasphemy because my name is Bart of darkness on social media. Seven is, is desert Island. Seven is desert Island, man. And I'm telling you seven just doesn't seem like it would be someone's answer. But when you go and look through the episodes on season seven, you'll just be like, holy shit, season seven is stacked. Yeah, I can see that. And it has what I consider the best episode of the whole show. Pray tell. Uh, Marge, be not proud, man. Best episode Marge, of the show. Marge, be not proud. That's number one. That's number one. And I'll tell you why. Uh, so I've said this before. I don't know how much detail I've gone into, but I think it is the best episode because one, and I like it better than the premiere. I think it's better than the initial Simpsons Christmas episode. I think you have everything in one story. I'm a big holiday guy. I love Christmas time. So you get that in there. Also, you get a ton of heart. You talk, you talk about an emotional episode. March Be Not Proud literally just fucks me up every time. Just crushes me. And I think it just has some of the funniest jokes. I mean, you got Bart building the snowman, the huge marshmallow. I mean, it's just nothing but home runs. So I, I think that is the actual best episode of The Simpsons. Uh, and I'm not interested in arguing with anybody, but I will take yours if you want to email it to no, me. No, <laughs> I, I won't argue with you. I mean, the, 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 the framed picture, that'll, that'll put you down. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That's a, that's a top five, uh, emotional moment Dude. in The Simpsons. And season seven. I'm not going to argue you. with you. No, I mean, you can argue, but I, I know people are going to, people are going to tell me that, uh, that, oh, there's no way seven is better than, you know, insert whatever, but seven Incredible. Six or seven, 
four, also, you're not going wrong. Four through eight, you can't go wrong. So, but seven, I think, is is my actual favorite now. I want to just get that off my chest. I, I might, maybe I'll start seven tonight in honor of that. That's what I'm saying. You got to do it. All right, Colin. So, uh, you are going to be one of the first people, depending on which episode drops first, uh, which I'm not sure about, but I've done this in a couple of episodes. Uh, but it is a new game that is at this point untitled. But as of now, mm-hmm. I'm calling it the new synopsis game. So anyone that has suggestions for a name, please email or DM me at Bard of Darkness or at Simpsons is greater than I don't care. And tell me what you think the name should be. Uh, maybe if you know, help me with a theme song, somebody, anybody. Uh, but the rules of this game are pretty simple. I'm going to read you five synopsis and you're going to tell me if they are real or made up. And I want to say up top that these are purposely hard. So if Colin has a hard time with these, don't give him any shit because I mostly picked obscure ones. Uh, and so mostly to mask the fake ones. Uh, but you might do, I mean, who knows? You might hit all five. True or false. You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, False. No, wait, maybe it's true. No, you were right. It's false. I'm ready, baby. You feeling good about your chances? I'm feeling all right about it. I mean, I'm, it's, 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 I'm guessing. So, but I'll I'll use what I what I think I know about the Simpsons to. Uh, well, you also you got a fifty fifty chance, so I think you're going to do okay. I think you're going to do fine. So, for example, for anyone that's hearing this game for the first time, this is a warm up. This is not a real question. It's a little on the easier side. We'll see. Bart and Lisa spend six weeks at Camp Krusty only to find out that it is much worse than advertised, inspiring the campers to take over the camp and revolt. Oh, true. Yeah, of course. So there you go. That's yeah. essentially the game. It, okay, so that's, that's that's a warm up. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. So uh, if Colin is ready, we're going to jump in. I'm very excited to see how he does. Yeah, let's fuck it up. Let's do it. All right. Number one. When Homer buys a Canyon Arrow four by four, he finds he can't <laughs> drive it, so he takes Marge's car instead. Left to do the shopping in a strange vehicle, Marge succumbs to road rage, and before long, is caught by Chief Wiggum. True or false? I'm going with true. Ding, ding, ding. Colin gets right. the first one. That is that season. Sounds, that sounds great. That is season 10, Marge Simpson and Screaming Yellow Honkers is the name of that. Yeah, great I was going to say, I, I, like, that's season 10. I, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I've seen this episode. Yeah, that I one. I didn't stop at 10. Yeah, you got to, yeah, that one, I you never know, though. And I want to also clarify, because this is a new game, that they these are either completely true or completely false. I did not take them and and alter them slightly to play mind games. They're either completely real or completely false. All right. All right. Num- understood. Number two. Bart decides he wants to be on the swim team after he sees girls swooning over the other members of the team. This also convinces Millhouse to join the team. After losing in close competition, Bart pranks the other school and is then kicked off the swim team. False. False. You got it, Colin. Hey. I made that one up. Although, you know, I, I know Millhouse loves pools, but <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't see that being Bart's deal. I feel like Bart isn't very chick motivated. You know? That's true. That's true. Uh, although that was uh, one of many, like, uh, call it a spec script or an idea that I wrote down. And I, I wanted oh, someone to fall for that, but it's it's not. Maybe someone will fall for these fake ones. I got your number. Yeah, you know, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Aaron, I'm going to hit up Aaron Young. <laughs> All right. Number three. Someone tries to murder Homer in the steam room at the stagnant spring spa. Needing help from someone who understands the mind of a killer, Chief Wiggum invites Sideshow Bob out of prison to help investigate the case. But has Bob got over his compulsion to kill Bart? And can he work out who Homer could possibly have annoyed enough to provide a motive for a murder? True. True. Colin got it again. Season 14, The Great Louse Detective. I got to tell you, man. I've seen that. (laughs) (laughs) What a wacky. I mean, that's the thing. And that's why I like this game uh, is because some of these synopsis, even in a classic season, uh, just sound insane. Fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they yeah. just sound insane. All right. So Colin's doing great. He's three for three. Um, Woo. so th- he's doing, he's doing wonderful. Even if he, even if he misses one at this point, he's already, he's already there. I've, I've averaged a win. I I'm say. saying number four, Homer becomes Springfield's safety guru. And before long, he's challenging mayor Quimby for office until that is 
there's an embarrassing mishap with his costume. Let's rationalize this one real quick. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so sit, talk it out. Homer's no stranger to a, a costume mishap. True. So I can see that being real. True? It is true. <laughs> oh, Lord. Colin is killing it. He's four for four so far. I know my my Homer, man. I'm telling you, season 17, see Homer run. Uh, That will make the list, I think. That is a great episode. So remember that one. When you're listening back, throw it on. Number five. After a job fair at the retirement castle, Grandpa Simpson becomes the face of a new wheelchair company. The family tries to get him to quit after learning it's a front for the mob. here's the thing if you wrote this one it's great so <laughs> you, should, you should do something with it if not i hope that it's true so that i can watch this episode because whenever the mom's involved it's a, it's a classic it's true um false it is false oh, man i thought you were gonna wow. go true you were almost there god was there good. <laughs> Colin is five four five. What five what a show, baby! What a show! Um, I know my Simpsons, man. I'm telling you, man. I really, you know, again, any of my Simpsons friends that are listening to this, this needs to be an episode. Um, and I also, speaking of that, everyone should go back and listen to episode 23 with Tim Long. Um, what a great writer from the Simpsons. He's done so many fucking episodes at this point. But the reason I say that is there is a story he tells on that episode that you can really only hear on the commentary prior to it being on the podcast. And mm-hmm. if that about Homer or it's, it's actually a story about another writer eating this huge bag of popcorn to make it through the airport security line. And the fact that that has not been used for a Simpsons joke yet is just criminal. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we're going to do one more segment before we get out of Let's here. Let's do it. Um, and that is the big three. I ask everyone these questions, especially people not from the show. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just to learn a little bit more about your direct feelings on certain things about the show. Uh, and the first question is favorite character and why? I'll say, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a Homer guy. I'm also a big Martin guy. Martin. Interesting. I, I love Mason Martin, man. <laughs> especially, especially in the earlier seasons, he has such some, some special moments with Bart, and then turns into a little shithead briefly. But um, <laughs> I, I, Martin just gets me. I'm a big Nelson guy too, obviously. Um, but Homer to me is the gold standard for for just television characters in general. So I'm not gonna try to like make something up and, and give you like a give you like a Mr. Sinister is my favorite Marvel character type thing. Uh, Homer, Homer's the goat in, in, in all of television. So Homer, Homer is great. And you know, I, I said recently in an episode that I, I didn't think Homer had been said as often as I expected. Uh, but I think at this point he is starting to become the more, the most popular answer. And that's not a real shock to me. Homer, you know, as we touched on earlier is just, I mean, come on. Uh, when it, when it's all said and done a hundred years from now, uh, if he's not more well regarded than than Mickey Mouse, then that's a crime. So I agree. Uh, Homer fucking rules. Great I, answer. I couldn't tell you one fucking Mickey Mouse episode. I could tell you a hundred Simpsons ones. Yeah, who cares about Mickey Mouse? No offense, Disney. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, what about your what about your least favorite character? That's a bit of a harder question. And why? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um. There's got to be someone that you just don't. Do I have when you, when a you, least when, when you see him, you don't laugh. There's got to be somebody. Well, I mean, I, I I'm not a big Mo guy. Wow, I think he's an asshole, and I <laughs> I love that he gets his comeuppance every time Bart calls. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mo is definitely one of the worst people in Springfield. If you're just breaking it down on a spreadsheet, Mo definitely probably the actual like one of the worst people even though we that's, point. that's definitely where i base my criteria it's just like he's just kind of a bad guy <laughs> he exists to take advantage of everyone in the bar even yeah, though we, we do see him read to children at the hospital once but that's not making he, up for re- the other he redeems himself almost every time but like 
you know, obviously the first instinct to steal, to make the flaming mo, the flaming mo, he was on my hit list forever. You know, that is something that I don't think enough people hold against Mo. He literally, you know, him and Homer could have both been rich if they would have just worked together. Mo fucked it all up. Just for worked together. And instead, you know, he, he had to be friends with Aerosmith. He did. It was so selfish. Yeah. So selfish, Mo. That is true. Okay. So no one has said Mo Colin, you were the first. That's a good answer. Um, I will, I will accept that because even though I love Mo, I think he does actually suck. So that's a good, uh, that's a good, he's a, he's a shitty guy. <laughs> shitty guy. All right. So, uh, we've talked about a lot of episodes, uh, over the course of this interview, but if you had to give a top three, or if you were going to recommend three episodes to someone who had never seen the show, what three episodes oh, are you going with Colin? I'd say watch the pilot. Then watch uh, Homer the Heretic, which is my number one favorite episode. Perfect episode. And I, I, I was going to say Monorail, but it's just so different than uh, the earlier seasons. Maybe Cape Fear. Ooh, Cape Fear. Great one. That's an easy top 10 episode. And in terms of like cr- critical response, too. 100%. And I always, you know, Homer the Heretic, uh, shockingly not, not a common one on this list. Uh, Cape Fear, I've gotten a couple times, but I will say if if you watch Homer the Heretic and you don't just lose your shit when Homer oh says, God, I'm whizzing with the door open and I love it, then you just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's perfect. Um, Agreed. So, so great, great. And that's a great one to be your all-time favorite. More than an acceptable answer. Uh, and the same could be said for Cape Fear. You know, I think Cape Fear, easily some of the punchiest and funniest jokes. You know, you think I've talked about the brownies part a million times on this podcast. So oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great top three. And I like that you're paying respect to the pilot. Um, yeah. I mean, like it, it's still a, just a goaded TV episode for, for revolutionizing animated TV forever and comedy forever. You got to watch it every year. If you don't, you're fucking up. Agreed. Perfect. Well, so I have two, I have one more question before we get out of here, Colin. And, and that yes, is sir. because, uh, Bart of darkness is, you know, it exists because of my collection and that's why the Instagram is even there in the first place. So I like to ask a little bit about merchandise. I know that's not everybody's thing, but since you started sure. watching it so young, uh, were you anyone that cared about that? Did you have some Bart shirts? Did you, did you get any little Burger King toys here and there? Was any of that a part of your life? I, you're, you're, you're spot on with the, with the Burger King Simpsons block. Oh yeah. I had, uh, one of the most embarrassing things to ever happen to me in my life was the, the crusty laugh watch going off during a test in like fourth grade or something, <laughs> uh, got taken from me to put, you know, the principal took it so good entire class laughing at me i was the clown for the day because i I said i accidentally set off this fucking crusty watch that just laughs uh but yeah i had i had the whole set and then you know i had some some uh i feel like i had a a quote the raven eat my shorts shirt when i was younger that's awesome uh you know local bootlegs you know like you're in miami man and it's just oh yeah like pissing on yeah I, i i had quite a few it doesn't get much better than than Simpsons bootlegs. And the thing that I always like to point out about that is the reason those exist, uh, and it's been a while since this has come up, is because there were real sports shirts being made. Uh, some of those early uh, Bart shirts were based on actual licensed shirts. Like Logo 7 was making these shirts for, for real NFL teams, and they were fully signed off on by Matt. Uh, and so that led to there being these really bad you know, Bart Oakland Raiders shirts being sold under the bridge. Uh, and I love, you know, I actually have a stack of photos from when I went to Disneyland as a kid. And in multiple photos, you see other kids wearing bootleg Bart shirts. And that's always something that I just such a time capsule that that was so common that, you know, people were buying them for their kids. It's not like they were just being sold in like, you know, parking lots. Like people were buying these bootlegs for their kids. So I do love that. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't escape Bart merch. I think I think based on this conversation, Colin, you owe yourself a a, a crazy early '90s Bart shirt. So I'm going to encourage you to. I track think one of those I down. think you're I think you're onto something. So maybe <laughs> I'll start looking on on Etsy tonight or some shit. I'll shoot you the next good one I see. Well, please uh, do, Colin. It's it's been awesome, you know, to talk about the music a little bit and dig into the Simpsons and just. You know, it's cool. I, I love that your journey to the show was through your brother writing a spec script. That's got to be one of the coolest Simpsons origins that I've heard uh, on this podcast. So I really, really enjoy that. 
Uh, and it's been awesome to, you know, just get a little bit of your story, man. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Um, I love that. I, I, you know, this was great. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what just talking about the Simpsons for an hour would be like, and I've, I've had a great time. It's awesome. Before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs or plugs or just anything you want to tell people to check out on your way out the door? Um, check out the ingrown record, check out the, uh, age of apocalypse record where it comes out. Uh, I mean, check out the God's hate record if you have like 35 minutes or whatever. Um, and I stream on Twitch now. You can check me out on there. That's been fun. I uh, beat a boss in Sekiro today with a with a, a broken hand. So you know, it comes to checking checking see me do that. You know, that's badass, bro. That is that is easily. Yeah, I mean, no one's arguing with that. That's fucking sick. Uh, yeah, definitely go follow <laughs> go follow Colin on Twitch. Uh, go follow go follow Colin on uh, Instagram. Follow him anywhere you can find him at Colin Young, I believe. Uh, and just tell him what's up and tell him that you also love the Simpsons. I'm sure he'll love to hear that. And, uh, as for me, as for Colin, I'll see everybody next week. That does it. Thanks, man. Thanks everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.